What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Rail, back with another review, man. Yo. Oh, shit. I'm out here looking crazy. Yo, it is Teller Tuesday. That's right. Sorry. I'm a little bit late. A little bit tarday. But today was a hectic day for me, so, you know. But it don't matter. We're here now, all right? It is Season 1, Episode 13, a.k.a. The Finale. <clears throat> season 1 Finale of Sons of Anarchy. <clears throat> And I gotta say, it was a goodie. It was a goodie. Oftentimes, you know, the episode prior to the finale has been, well, as of recent, has been the better episode. Like, it's got all the action, all the drama, all the what the fuck. And then, like, the finale is usually the wrap-up and the, um, you see what happened and a little bit of a cliffhanger, but it never really tops that last holy shit moment from the from the episode prior to it. And this is not the case with this one. The finale was equally as good, arguably better than the last episode, the death of Donna. Right? So um first before I get into anything else, salute to the Discord gang. So to those listening on Apple and Spotify podcasts, and of course you, the viewer, you know how it goes, right? So what do we want to get into first? It was jam-packed. A, I got to give it a grade. That's what we'll get into first. I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. It was a perfect season finale. It touched on everything I wanted. It gave me holy shit moments, and it left perfectly. The way it ended was beautiful. You're like, it's on now. Okay, uh, the game has begun. So, masterful work for the first finale of Sons of Anarchy. Now, also, it was a lot of emotion this episode, like, for the characters. So, it got a little dicey when I was choosing who won this episode, like, who was the winner. But I gotta give the MVP, the winner of this episode, to Jax. He did that, and I will so su- I will um support that a little bit later. But we got some things to talk about first. How about we take care of the ladies of this episode? Let's go ahead and get them right out the way, them and their nasty behavior. And first up for the nastiness is Gemma. Okay, now don't get me wrong. She was tilting a fine line between being a writer being a support system, and then being a toxic enabler. The toxic the toxic enabler. Like the toxic avenger, but the toxic enabler. That's like Gemma. Right? Here she goes. Clay is still fucked up about uh, what he did to Donna. He put a hit out on Donna. So he's sitting there contemplating with his thoughts and his emotions. Right? And Gemma knew something was wrong that last episode, that night she saw him. So she decided, like, okay, I'm going to make my move. He hasn't talked to me. It's time that I press the issue. Because that's what Gemma does. Presses the issue, asks the question, hey, was what happened to Donna on us? Now, I have to appreciate that sentence that came out of her mouth. She spoke as if she was part of it, like she had something to do with it. So I cannot question her in taking accountability for shit. She rides and dies with Clay in the club. She said, is this on us? 
That's a heavy word to use when you're talking about accidentally murdering one of your club members' wives. That's a heavy word. That means you're taking on everything that comes with that. Just that one word, us. And I thought it was interesting, actually, that Gemma would even say that. Because Gemma's character does not lend to being the person who is like, I'll take the blame. Sure, she has a so attitude. Like, when she's wrong, she has a I don't give a fuck, do as I say, or get ran over. Typically, those people, you don't really see them trying to share in some shit. They actually never going to do it. Which makes her character that much more complicated. Which I appreciate. Because when you think you got a bead on somebody, that's when shit gets boring. So when you, you know, and I'm probably digging a lot into the word us. I know you're like, wow, real. Like, you're really piecing this word apart. Words mean things. And, you know, it, I, I don't know what else to tell you. Words mean things. So it was a, that was a powerful word for her to use in that situation. That's all I'm saying. But yes, you're correct. I'm going to move on for it. And what I didn't like, though, you know, because I can only fuck with Gemma for so long. So I appreciated she was a writer. I, pre- I appreciated she was ready to, to go with, with her man. Only issue I had is that, you know, after allowing him a safe space, say, you know what, baby, feel your feels. When Clay was like, you know, Clay blurted out, like, did you think I wanted this to happen? And then started to cry. Like, it's the first time you've seen emotion. Now, you've seen empathy from him when it came to Lionel Jr. You saw empathy, but we never saw, we always, you know, he, he was so cold. That was the first piece of warmth that Lionel Jr. bullshit, allowing him to live and now hang around the club beyond me. But now that, um, that tear and that crying and that pain he feels, that's fucking brand new. Did, you know, that's something you wouldn't see coming from a man like Clay. So you know this hurt. And then it was nice to see Gemma go, hey, you know what? Feel your feels, baby. You're safe here. Do it. But when you leave out this door, you got to be the man to lead this shit. You got to be the man they need. You know what I'm saying? And get out there and do it. Now, if it was under any other circumstance, other than he, something that he fucked up, like he murdered, like life loss due to him, an innocent life, I would be behind that entire thing. But the fact that she was so like, hey, like, you know, cry a guy, you know what I'm saying? Do it now, but fucking, you know, toughen up. You know what I'm saying? Because if they smell that weakness, we're fucked. So it's still like that, um, it almost, she kills the moment of like thinking Gemma cares about somebody. Like she doesn't have her own self-interest in there. When, no, she truly does. She doesn't want him to toughen up so he could just be the best him he could be and be the best leader he can be. She wants him to toughen up so that he doesn't break under pressure from her son. And then spill the beans and then fuck the whole club up, which is what she didn't want in the first place. So, yeah, that was Gemma. That was Gemma. But Gemma was also correct this episode when she was she kept warning Clay about the the uh when when Jax broke in and said, Tell Clay to meet me in a chapel. I need to talk to him. Right? She's like, oh shit. Oh shit. I gotta talk to Clay now. 
get him prepared. Like, look, I don't like the way he's talking. He moving funky. You know, I, I smell his father on him. You know, and Clay finally snapped. He was like, because she has been using this a lot. So he finally snapped when she, because she found the, the, you know, John Teller's uh, memoirs or whatever. And she sees what he's been reading. So she passed the info to Clay. Look, she, it's poison. The poison is here now. She's not wrong in her paranoia. She's 100% correct. But she's been crying wolf so long and she's picking this time to strike where Clay is not listening to her. Now he's switching on her like, yo, that's your bullshit. That's your fear. And you're leaking it all over him and you're causing it. And he is correct. Sometimes, it's not very often, but two things can be true. Jim was 100% right. Jax is thinking different, acting different, moving different, leaning more so, leaning more so toward his father's way, and she doesn't want that, and she's paranoid that it will fuck everything she has built, or supported, or helped build. Which she is correct. Clay is also correct in the fact that she is scared, that she is projecting, which she is, and one would say. That her doing this, acting like this, is only pushing Jax closer to the thing she didn't want him to. So, they're both right in that instance. Uh, but yes. Now, Wendy. Oh, God. You know, I don't know. Wendy wasn't really toxic. I'm not putting her in a toxic uh, category. It Hers is just sad. Like, her attempt to hold her baby and talk to Jax and she chose the most actually that is toxic I take that back as I'm thinking about it now that's some toxic ass shit you want to hold the we should try again let's let's make this family again you want to bust that move while this man is holding his baby he's at his most open you know what I'm saying that's like that's ladies that's like fucking your man right and you know he about to come so you you hitting his you hitting the moves that he like and then you say, you gonna buy me that purse? And he like, what? You gonna buy me that purse? You gonna give me that purse? Like, yeah, fuck it. I'll buy the purse. Just fucking do it. And it, that's unfair. Of course, I'm gonna agree to any terms when you have me in such a vulnerable position. It's not right. It's smart. Smart, yes. But it's not, it's morally wrong. Okay? So don't do that. If you've never tried that, don't be like, ooh, Rail's got an idea there. Let me go wait till this motherfucker's off work. It was some shoes I wanted to see. Got something for his ass. Negative, ladies. Don't do that. It's going to end badly. It's going to end like Wendy. So let that be a lesson. So she asked my man at his most vulnerable state, where his heart is so open, holding his son, and, and still his man's wife is dead. Like, he's very, very vulnerable. There's no other word. And she picks this moment in time to go, you know, we should try again. And he tries to politely tell her, like, look, we we wrote this ride. It didn't really work out. So let, let's just let's just not. He did it very adult-like. He didn't even beat about beat around the bush. And he wasn't rude. You know, but you know, some people just need pain. They gotta feel the suffering, like as if that wasn't enough. And she's just like, but no. This time is different, you know. You know, our son is here now. I'm a mother. That changes the whole dynamic, and that's toxic thinking. That's toxic thinking one on one. 
this having a child will change you for the better, change a relationship for the better, and save a relationship. That's a classic like move that has been tried and tested billions of times, and I have yet to hear of one time of it being successful. So, yes, and it just looked pathetic on Wendy, and it seemed very uncomfortable for Jax, because what was he supposed to do in that moment? So he just kind of said, oh, okay, sure. Because, like, you know, I already told you no, but you're pressing it, and I don't want to argue, so, yeah, well, you know. Okay, great, sure. And she just felt so satisfied, like, I got a yes, so that means we're together. This is perfect. Family time, and I was just like, oh, shit, that's bad. And then while we're talking about Jax's women, let's go ahead and round this whole thing off with Tara. Oh, yeah, Tara. She wanted to make Wendy jealous, kiss all on him, and then when he quit, then when he's like, yo, you're doing a lot, she slaps the shit out of him and disappears, and they don't speak until this moment. And what did she say? Does she even apologize for her unwarranted slap? No? No? Did she apologize for wanting to make Wendy jealous? Nope. 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 Her plan was to, you know what, Jax? You know, you're a great guy. You got a big heart. You know this is all set up. You know, they say when you're about to drop the bomb on somebody, lead with love. You know, big them up and then you fucking sweep the leg, Johnny. So that's that's what she went for. You know, Jax, you got beautiful golden locks. You know, your beard's a little unmaintained, but I dig it. You know, big old heart and do all this and that. And, but, you know, you know, Chicago called and um, that job opening is back open. And since my man's is dead, why don't we go ahead and I just go back. So I was like, wow. You know, after, and then she's sharing this whole, I'm afraid about the, the, like, she wasn't really afraid. That was her, she was setting him up for the big, I want to leave to Chicago. And it's not just you. It's, I might or might not get away with murder. I'd rather just not feel comfortable here, so let me just go leave leave Charming. And he saw through that quickly. And he got furious. Which was one of his better acting singers this episode. It was great. My man's dropped the bomb. He said, yo, I slept with hundreds of women. I love how she said, I, no, Jack, don't do this. <laughs> No, Jax, don't do this. <coughs> That's a hell of a question to ask your ex. You know how many bitches I slept with in the past 10 years? I was like, oh, yeah. I'm interested, though. Get my popcorn. She's like, oh, God, Jax, no, please. I don't even want hundreds. I don't know their names. I don't even know their faces. Okay? And then he went to go. Then he kept going hard. Like, Jax went fucking in this episode, actually. He gave a lot this scene. This is actually one of the top scenes of the episode. Because he goes and says, I smashed hundreds of faceless women, right? Like like the dude from Game of Thrones, the faceless man. Like, So I just smashed hundreds of faceless women. Which, yes, he, he definitely did. And I'm just, you know. And Wendy, Wendy was just a, a timeout because I was looking for some connection. I said, oh, he's being honest. He's dropping truth bombs today. He's like, I only married her because I got tired of smashing all these hoes. And I was looking for, I was lonely. So I got with this mess. I said, oh, oh, Wendy is taking heavy shots. And thank God she's not around. Because if she was, if she'd have peeked through that door and heard that, she'd have been straight to the goddamn hair on needle. 
Like, don't pass. Like, go go straight to go. Like, you got it. Fast forward to go. Fast forward to Heron Street. And <laughs> then he goes on to say, every time I'm inside these women, your face is the one I see. I said, ah, I didn't know how I felt about that, honestly, because I don't know how a woman will feel about that. I know I wouldn't use that line, but Jax is a gangster, and I am not. So, therefore, he can get that shit off. You got it. My man said, when I was inside them, I could only see one face. Which, can we all be honest? That sounded good. That sounded like a nice little, you know, emotional rant he went on. He went on his little Kanye-esque rant with this one. Which I appreciate. It was hella entertaining. But, do we believe him? Because she kept asking him for several episodes, what is this? Are we a relationship? And what do he keep saying? Can anybody remind me out there in the comment section? Oh, yeah, that's right. He just kept saying, oh, we'll see about it. No, let's talk about it later. But now when she's talking about going to Chicago, he's so madly in love with her all of a sudden. Oh, my God. Come on, guy. Come on, guy. That's like the dude that says, if you leave me, I'm going to kill myself. Like, cut it out. Cut it out. You're talking gibberish. You know, these are, you know, so he threw a Hail Mary pass with this one. But it worked. Because she was there waiting for him with his cut and a kiss at Donna's funeral at the end. So, she's not going to Chicago. So, it worked. Those two are destined to fall apart. Like, they're destined to not work. This is the most, dis- one of the top disgusting couples on this uh, on this show. I mean, right up there with, Clay, with uh, uh, Gemma and uh, Clay. Like, right up there. There hasn't been one healthy relationship this entire thing. Now, also the episodes I enjoyed. Not the episodes. Also the scenes that I enjoyed. Uh, Unser and Hale. Yes, I was about to call him Dale again. Unser and Hale. That was an excellent uh, back and forth right there. So I wanted to shout them out for that because this is the first time they actually spoke candidly this season. You know, most of the season he's been alluding to him being in cahoots with the Suns. He's been alluding to Unser being a complete piece of shit. He's been alluding to letting criminals run charming. He's never directly accused. Um, he's never came direct. At answer has always been passive aggression, which I hate. You know what I'm saying? But this time, Hale is just hurt. And this is another side of Hale that we've never seen. And the way that this actor was able to just switch it up like that, go from the pompous Dudley Do-Right asshole to the like, fuck. Fuck. You know what I mean? Like, ooh. This is like probably what I would imagine... Like, when a superhero tries to save somebody, like, like they've been, they've had a 100% success rate in saving people, and then they, they go for their 101, but they fuck up, they have a mental lapse, and that person dies while they were there to save them, and then could you imagine how fucked that superhero would be for, like, months, probably be like, I don't even deserve this cape. 
I don't deserve this soup my grandma made. Like, you know what I'm saying? So that's kind of like hell. He's, he's a superhero who lost his first fucking, you know, citizen. He's destroyed. And, you know, the beautiful thing about their interaction is Unser is not giving him any leeway. You know, Hill tried. He reached out to him and said, yo, you know what? Uh, you know, I don't like it, but I understand the relationship you got with Clay. You know what I'm saying? Make a deal with the devil to keep charming safe. Because a criminal is going to be a criminal anywhere they go. But at least this way, you know, the citizens are safe. There's no shenanigans going on in our town. So I get it. I don't like it because he's a criminal and that's my job. I'm, I'm super cop. Okay, and I bust criminals, but I get it, you know. But with this citizen dying in our backyard, like, you know, what? And then Unser reads him like a fucking book. He's like, he was like, now nah, this is on us. Unser go, oh, no, my guy, this is not on us. I had absolutely nothing to do with this. You remember that? You remember that fed you was fucking and all these things? And I tried to tell you and y'all locked me up in the prison when I could have, we could have avoided all this. You know what I'm saying? Like, nope, this one's on you, my guy. And he said, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take But what was I supposed to do? Give you. He was like, I understand that you was in between a rock and a hard place. But he said, look at me. Unser just kept it a bean. He said, look at me. I'm dying. I'm between a rock and a hard. I'm dying. I'm supposed to be reading, getting drunk, living the best few years I got left on this earth. But instead, I'm in this crusty ass uh, uh, uniform, still doing this bum ass job that I hate. Because I'm in between a rock and a hard place. So, cry me a river. Hell, welcome to my world. And just basically told him to sit in it. Sit in it and stew in it. Like, bro, finally. Like, now you see. Hate to be a dick. You know, he even tried to tell him, like, yo. Without a witness, this case is dead. But I tell you what. How about you just let the criminals work it out? Food for thought. You know, and I would have never imagined hell to... Except that when he walked out, I, I thought that was a final, like, little, you know, well, I tried moment. But, no, hell went ahead and he, he took that word. He opened up to Jax, which Jax killed this scene again. Jax killed this scene. When hell came up to Jax and told him, like, look, bro, I don't like you. You don't like me. We've been at odds. But when a mother is killed, two kids are motherless and he just was sitting there and let it pause and Jax is like what the fuck and it's like mo- like motherless kids like this mom died and you see the tears welling up in Jax's eyes I said ooh that boy that boy Charlie is acting he acting cause he almost caught me for a second I ain't gonna lie I ain't gonna lie I was sitting there like oh is, is there moisture is there uh, I didn't see the forecast today it's getting a little misty so you see that in Jack's eyes, and I go, God damn, this is a good scene. Wow, fellas. Hell, you know, so I was like, that's two for Jack so far. He's a part of two magnificent scenes, both with opposite emotions. The man was acting this episode. I, I gotta give it to him. This is that he did he's doing his thing this episode. Um but you know, it but what he ended up doing is spewing more things into Jack's ear about Clay. Everybody's telling him that Clay did it. You know, salute to Piney. Yeah, sure. Piney dropped about 47 N bombs, but it was out of it was out of a raw, angry place. So I'm not mad at Piney. No. 
he legit thought that uh, Leroy and um, the Niners murdered his daughter-in-law. And I mean, let's be real, people. You Anybody that killed some of your people or you assume killed your people, you're not going to talk about them politically correct. You're not going to be like, you're going to try to call them and hate them and talk, say the worst things you can about them, their mama, the kids. Like, you're going to feel a hate you've never felt. So did I feel a way about Piney? I did not. I understood his hate. It was justified. It was misdirected. But he didn't know that. But I'll tell you one thing about Piney. He a whole gangsta out here. Ty, sick and tired sitting at the table. Clay like, oh, we'll work it out. We'll do. He's like, man, fuck you. This is, oh, it didn't happen to your family. And then Clay tried to pull the, we are a family card. He said, fuck that. No, this is my family. Like legit, legit my family. He, when he, and Piney called Clay out on his shit. If this happened to your family, there'd be six chapters. Headed down to Oakland right the fuck now. Yes, and he is correct. Because he had about six chapters in his backyard when he uh, almost got his ass smoked in that bar by the Mayans. So, yeah. Piney read that motherfucker on that too. And at that moment, he was like, okay, fuck you, Clay. That was uh, when he left that table. Because he's been undermining Piney quite some time. Mainly because he's been trying to set up his son to get murdered. But prior to that, he's been kind of playing him to the left, but he was extra playing Piney. You know, he ain't nobody to play with. When that man came to the the Niners den by himself with half sack following him, let me tell you, I got a, this scene, it was small. Half sack didn't have much going on this, this, this episode, but the things he did do were hilarious. When Piney comes in, has that little banter, when he comes to the Niners clubhouse, he has a little banter with the uh, with the bartender, you know, and half sack looks at her. He goes, "What's up, sister?" I said, "Oh, that is so cringy, half sack." I couldn't help but smile. It was so great. And then she was like, "Nothing, cracker." I said, "Oh, lord," and that's not even. Do white people even care about cracker? Like that's not. It don't even. It sounds corny. It doesn't have a ring to it. Like if we're gonna like if we're gonna use racial words, we gotta, you know, we should come up with something a little stinging, cracker. Like I don't even man. holds no weight. It holds no weight. I don't, you know. But I get it. That was the best she could come up with. I mean, it's limited resources we're working with here. But I thought that that was hilarious by half sack. What's up, sister? Like he just, I was like, oh god, how do you not love half sack? Like seriously. And she she was playing mad, but like if that if if they didn't have the Sons of Anarchy cuts on, if she wasn't suspicious, if it if it was any other circumstance, Half Sack would have been getting some ass last night with that line. Like I am not come on, come on, that's gonna make any chick smile, you know. So I thought that was hilarious. And then when he elbowed Piney to get the gun out of his hand, but then end up getting punched up <laughs> by Piney for doing that shit. I thought it just looked so goofy, you know, but I like that. So salute to half second his two little, his two little moves this episode. It, it, both of them made me laugh. So, you know, you got to appreciate the little characters and, um, Jack's pulling up. Let me tell you how much smarter Jax is than Clay. 
So Jax and um, Chibs pull up to come get Piney because he's supposed to be doing a crash out mission over Donna, understandably, because Piney's a gangster. So he's got some some third degree burnt gentleman by gunpoint. My man look like the reptile man. Like, I don't know. But um, got him at gunpoint and he's threatening he wants to see Leroy. So in walks Leroy, Jackson, uh, Chib. Now, again, why Jackson's so much smarter than Clay? Well, because when he spoke to Leroy, it made sense to him rather quickly. Leroy made nothing but points. He And Leroy, you got to salute Leroy. He let Piney get a lot of N-words out before he finally threatened him like, yo. Now, should we get into another episode, another scene that Jax won? Another part when he told Piney, shut the fuck up or I'll kill you myself. <laughs> well, first, he, first he's like, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. I'm trying to do something. And then here go Piney, still pining, actually, which is funny. And he's still going off. He's like, Piney, if you don't shut the fuck up, I will fucking kill you myself. And then the camera pans over the chip and them and they're like, ooh. And then you see Piney's face, he goes, ah. Like, Jax wasn't having it this episode. Like, he was on one. And Leroy presented an argument that you cannot argue against. He said, yeah, I came through and fucked that deal up. But I didn't aim at none of y'all. My intentions were not to kill y'all. Um, B, if I was angry enough to come to Charming and kill a woman, which we would never do, why the fuck would I allow this conversation to happen why would i allow you to leave out of here why would you even feel safe enough to come here and get this shit off like what are we talking about and then Jax looked around like damn we did just walk in here pretty easily we didn't even get patted down i don't know this ain't right Leroy didn't have nothing to do with it he's like yeah bro i didn't he's like what kill donna who the fuck is donna we ain't, like killed we ain't driving up to charming my g like we get pulled over asap let's be honest that witness that they got might be the only black person in Charming. So, cut it out. If Leroy and them was to pull up, bruh, <laughs> they, it's not, where was they going to hide? It's not happening. So, yeah, he presented a rather easy argument to Jackson. Jackson was just like, he presented no pushback. He was like, yeah, all points are made. All points are made. And it didn't, it didn't take him no time to put the pieces together. You got this conversation with Leroy. You got the hell conversation. You know, all roads point to point to Clay. Now this, before I wrap it up, because this was this was the meat of everything. Like these last twenty minutes of this episode, which were great, because a at that table when Jax asked to speak to Clay by himself, he came to Clay and said, "Yo, my man." You know, he's begging him, like, as my president, yo, son to father, like, you're my dad. Like, he's accepting this dude as his father right now. Like, he's telling him, like, yo, if you tried to kill Opie and fucked up and killed Donna instead, let me know. Just let me know. I'm going to accept it either way it goes. Now, I have a question to you, you listening right now. You believe him? Did you believe Jax? Do you believe if if Clay would have told him the truth, Jax would have just had to deal with it, how he would have dealt with it, but like no murderous retaliation or nothing like that? Or I don't know how, or what do you think he would, how do you think he would have reacted? Me, 
personally, I think Jax would have took it on the chin. I think he would have been hurt, but because he was betrayed. But the fact that I'm asking him, I think he would have respected the fact that he asked Clay man to man. Like, if there's any time we're going to build some trust, if there's any time we're going to do this thing, it's right now. That's what it felt like. I think that if Clay would have took that opportunity, there would have been no issues. Honestly. I mean, he would have. Do I think he would have told Opie? Hell no. I think he would have just carried that burden with him, but made sure the club made it right to Opie. For sure. For fucking sure. I do believe that. Opie would have got first dibs on all the money. Anything he needed for them kids. You could never ever question his loyalty again. Fucking Donna's uh uh repass party would have been the most lit thing charming Illinois well, I mean charming USA would have ever fucking seen. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I think that's what would have happened. But Clay, he has just been compounding idiocy like bad move after bad move after fucking bad move you have an out right here but he can't be real for a second when his son his son is begging him like bro please let's not do this do not play with my intelligence like just let's do this right now and he chooses to go i don't know what they've been feeding you son but that is not blah, 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 blah. That's all. That's all Jack said. He was like, okay, I knew it. I wasn't going to get no fucking truth out of here. Fuck you. So he had his fuck you piney moment with uh, Clay. And that right there, that, that scene. And then, you know, when he storms out and he, and then he sees Juice. Because he slams that door. So he knows that Clay is lying. Then he looks at Juice looking all fucking sad. Juice goes, oh, yeah, man, the girl's 17, man. That's, I don't know. That's the witness. She's 17, you know, because I don't have to break down the whole mission of trying to get the witness, right? That's pretty self-explanatory. I do appreciate the happy scene, though. We'll get to that. But, you know, then Jax looks at that and finds a reason. I Do I think, do we think Jax really gave a fuck about that woman or that she was 17? And she was a little girl. I think he could have been convinced she could have been killed. But the fact that Clay lied to him in his face, he was looking for a reason to say fuck you loudly and that they could all hear it and let them know, like, I'm not going for it. And I think he chose this girl and she should be happy. So when he pulls up and then you see Tig, actually, can I rewind for a second? Now that I say Tig's name, I got to salute him. For his scene with Clay as well. I apologize, Tig. If somehow you come across this, you like, when the fuck does my crying scene come up? Right now, brother, I got you. Hell of a scene. Hell of a hell of a union between him and Clay. Even though it's disgusting. You know, that that toxicity between them. There's still a brotherhood with them too. But when he talks about like, you know, how he couldn't kill Opie. And he started crying about how, you know, it was dying. And I saw the back of his head. If I saw him, I wouldn't have been able to do it. I don't know. You know, he felt bad because he wants to make Clay. Like, he's a for real soldier for Clay. Like, he is 100 for Clay. So he cannot even live with himself without getting this off his chest. And I do appreciate the way Clay said, you know what? I, I, I depend on you so much to do dirty shit. 
that I forget how heavy it is sometimes. And that's true, man. You check on your strong friend. That was a message there. But them two, Tig in particular, killed that scene. Let's fast forward back. Uh, fast forward to where we were just at now. So, when he gets there and Tig is fighting with um, trying to kill this, this teenage girl to save Bobby, the um, you know, I love the happy when he comes in and goes, you know, I can go ahead and do this for you. I got no problem, bro. I could. It's another smiley face in my book. You go. It. He didn't get much, but that and the part where he was like, "Yo, what the fuck is going on in here? This is not part of the plan." When you screaming at, yo, Happy's a killer. Happy's a fucking. He's a dog, and you like. So when you're a viewer and you watching Happy in season one, you're like, "Why the fuck are we getting more Happy?" Where's happened? We need more of this dude, you know. But um, Jack's pulling that gun on Tig, saying, "I'll I'm gonna kill you. You don't put that gun down, I'm gonna shoot you in your fucking head." Tig trying to call his bluff. Jack's not having it. Chibs knew what time it was. He was like, "Hey," he looked at Jack, said, "You're going too far," and he said, "Oh yeah, nope, not yet." So he got them two to fuck up out of there because him and Tig. Ben had beef. It was culminating all to this fight. And Jax knew that Tig was the one who killed Donna. Because he knew Clay would never. He knew only one person in the entire club, the the charming chapter, would pull this off. You know, because Happy's a nomad. So that leaves one motherfucker. And that's Tig. So... He finally gets that fight. He finally gets that frustration out on Tig. And, you know, Tig gives up because he he wants to feel that pain. That's a powerful scene where Tig is just sitting there like, come on. Tig is damn near ready to die. He's ready to take whatever Jax is giving him, get this frustration out. And he knows he deserves everything he's getting. So it's not a mystery to him. And then Jax decides to fully crash out. Takes off the fucking witnesses thing and says look at this motherfucker he coming to kill you we could get to you leave town don't do this was it the dumbest movie could have did yes hence the reason he went drunk as hell to a funeral but he was mad he was on a crash out mission he has had enough this is when you go whoa the club is not gonna be what we remember it it's not gonna happen from him doing that and letting the witness go to him Showing up to Donna's, you know, funeral, smacked with his white tee on and no cut, you know, dropping that rose like he was dropping the mic and then walked off, which I don't think that, you know, I don't know if Opie appreciated that. And if you peep that scene, Opie looked at him and he looked over at Clay like something's weird here. There's a weird tension here. And I think it's at that moment, Opie is like, he's finna start investigating, like, yo, what the fuck is all this about? Like, what was all that shit at Donna's funeral? Like, what's up with this with the witness? What am I missing? And that's when he's gonna start digging and, you know. But yes. So, Charlie, you killed it. You're the winner of this episode, man. Uh, I thought also, I think when, um, you know, when Jim was supposed to burn the rest of... Um, John Teller's like memoirs or whatever. I thought it was beautiful the way Piney 
like found it. Uh, but did you peep how he didn't give the letter that came attached to it? Cause that letter seemed a lot like yo niggas about to kill me. I ain't I you know I ain't long for this world. So here's this book. Uh, enjoy, cause I know I'm gonna be dead soon. If he if Jax would have got that letter, I think it would have took him no time to put together who did it, who did it. But Piney feels like it's time for a change now. You know, the death of Donna, the way Clay is bullshitting, the way he's moving. And it is just so beautiful that Piney passes this book that we thought was destroyed just moments ago off to Jackson. Jackson's like, holy shit. Finally, somebody I could trust. Somebody in my corner. Other than just the Ope Dog. So people do want change. I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. And I cannot wait to start season two because you know we got this somebody gotta pay jack's got to pay for this like or he don't or he's too much of a gangster but uh that's your tell it tuesday man hope you enjoyed it if you did drop that like man let the like hammer off boom 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 boom, boom. hit it all right protect your health yourself your wealth your boy real is out of here man peace Yo, I know I don't need no introduction, but y'all know who it is, man. It's your boy, Hollywood Real. And I appreciate you for sliding through and watching these videos. But you know what I need from you? All right, if you ain't already, I need you to like this and subscribe this, man. We at 1,000 trying to get to two, all right? Push it for your boy. Get them algorithms up. So when it comes to that subscribe button...